This empty chair represents the addict who died today, not knowing recovery was possible. Hi everyone and welcome to the episode of The Empty Chair for the Addict that Didn't Know That Recovery Was Possible. Tonight's a special night. I have two beautiful human beings here that are um, just honored and blessed to be on this journey with them. And uh, tonight's show, as we know, it is for the addict that um, didn't know recovery was possible. Tonight's show is dedicated to Mark Zarakit. Mark was my best friend, um, my lifelong friend who struggled with addiction for years. And he lost his life. Um, his life ended April 30th of this year. On, uh, and it totally broke my heart. So tonight, um, this is Mark Zarakic, who tonight's show is dedicated to. And uh, I love him to pieces. I miss him terribly. And um, addiction separated us, but love kept us connected. And I'll be forever grateful for that. I also want to thank our sponsors, Alternative Healthcare, Andover Cares, the Law Office of Artie Broadhurst, Celebrate Recovery of New Hampshire, uh, Circle of Hope, which is Phil and Fran Leahy, Cornerstone Services, which is John Croto, Enterprise Bank in Methuen, Arazio of Essex Flooring, Saeed of Haven of Hope in Methuen, Lawrence uh, LMCC, McClennan Century 21, thank you very much, Methuen Events, Methuen Rotary Club, Recovery Centers of America, and Top Seal Addiction Recovery Services. These organizations, they help us with our scholarships for individuals who need um, sober living afterwards. So we truly appreciate each and every one of you. And we love our sponsors so much, we also want to add to our sponsor list for 21-22. So if you'd like to purchase some advertisement, please reach out to me. Um, it's a great opportunity to give back to people um, that are in need. So thank you to, and actually like this is my last show tonight because um, I take the summers off. However, I will be coming back for a special edition in August, which I'll be talking about. So, again, thank you to all our sponsors that make this possible. And if you folks haven't heard, um, my big announcement was that I returned to the Methuen Police Department um, at my old job. I uh, went back home. I left to try something different, and, um, and I, I, it just wasn't for me, and I made it back to the police department. And I've been so busy since the day that I returned back there. So uh, I'm there if you all need me. If you need services, please call me at 978-701-7709. Um, I want to bring to everyone's attention. Um, I had a situation this week where <coughs> fake detoxes are showing up on engine search on Google. Um, and we had a fake detox listed in Methuen, Mass. And it's called New Dawn Detox. Um, so when I called the number that was listed on the website, it forwards me to a Florida detox called Le Legacy Healing Center. Um, it has been reported to the police, and what alarms me is that people are naive, and this is how we lose innocent families. Um, they get wrapped up by calling people because they don't know what they're doing. They get caught up in body brokering, which is the largest insurance scam where individuals receive financial kickbacks to lure addicts into bad rehabs. So I, I'm begging you, if you have a loved one that needs treatment, um, 
please reach out to Jackie and myself at CARES. Reach out to MVP ASAP. Reach out to your primary care or your local police department. Don't go on the internet and do a search and think like this is the place for your, your child because this is um, it's a really big um, insurance scam that's going on. And um, so we're working on it. I just wanted to bring it to everyone's attention. Um, some great news with me coming back to um, the police department. I host um, this thing called Resource Night. And the first Monday of the month, I bring in treatment centers or clinics to come in and talk about the services they offer. And one of them was a psychiatric care for mental health because mental health since COVID has just gone through the roof. So the lady that was speaking, you know, I opened it up for the families and one of the families says, oh, so how quickly can you see my child? And she said, oh, there's a six week waiting period. And my heart felt, and I said, in six weeks, his child's going to be dead. So I'm so happy that we got the approval from um, my captain, my lieutenant, uh, and the chief um, of police at Methuen Police Department that I'll be hostessing Wellness Wednesdays from 10 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. at the Bethune Police Department. I'm working on finaling the details for this week weekly walk-in center, but my goal is to offer free education, wellness plans, and assist our community members struggling with mental health issues and they need support. The best thing about it is I'm partnering with Arbor Counseling, and Arbor Counseling <coughs> is giving us a free licensed clinician to be in the building during those hours to assist anyone in dire need, which is going to be a huge help. And um, I'm just so grateful to the men and women in blue, um, especially my chief, Captain Mahoney, um, and Sergeant Walter Fleming for allowing this to happen. So follow me on Facebook. Follow me and Jackie on Facebook on CARES for more information. I hope to get this up uh, running within a month. So very grateful about that. Also, some community events that are going on. Monday night, Circle of Hope. It's a family support group for families and individuals that have a loved one struggling with addiction. We meet at 630 to 8 with Dorm Police Department. For more information, reach out to Phil Leahy, 978-886-2949. Tuesday evenings, we have Celebrate Recovery at Rock Church, 90 Newton Road in Plastow. They meet both live and on Zoom. And for more information, you can reach out to Diana Teal at 603-489-7061. Wednesday evening, Celebrate Recovery in Lawrence um, on 60 Island Street, second floor. And for more information, you can reach out to Richard at 978-376-6848. On Wednesday evenings, join in some community service by joining Michael Gorman and the Movement family as they host weekly dinners to the homeless in Lawrence, Massachusetts, 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. That's located on 1 South Broadway. Be a part of the movement that offers hope to those living in the streets. Make a meal, donate a meal, or serve a meal. TMF could use your help. And for more information, again, reach out to Michael Gorman, TMF, on Facebook. And then tonight is our last show. I take the summers off to rejuvenate and to recruit new guests for our 2021-2022 season. But it does not mean that I'm not available um, to everyone out there. You can reach me at the police department. If you want to come in for coffee, you just need to chat, or someone needs assistance, please, even though the show's taking its uh, hiatus for the summer, I'm still here. Um, and speaking of the summer and taking it off, I will be holding a special edition on August 26th. 
um, that the last day of the month, August 30th, is overdose, uh, National Overdose Awareness. Um, but I'm choosing to have this on a Thursday night because that's when we host our shows. So on August 26th, I will be having a guest, Carla Dominici, and I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. She's a mother who lost her son, Joey, to the bogus industry of body brokering and addiction. Carla continues to share his story in hopes that other families do not lose a child or loved one to the scheme. This will be a show you don't want to miss. And if you want more information on body brokering, there's a great movie that was put out this year called Body Brokers, starring Frank Grillo and Jack Kilmer. It's available on Amazon, Apple, YouTube, and more. Um, and it really opened my eyes, and it really got me angry. And so when I saw that website pop up that we had a detox methuen, I knew what was going on, and I instantly started to say something. Remember, all our shows are available to watch and listen to on the MVP ASAP Facebook page, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Spotify. And now, I know you guys have all been waiting for this moment. It's for me to introduce my guests. Again, these two are huge in the um, recovery community. Um, you, ladies and gentlemen, are looking at 73 years of recovery sitting right here. Um, so praise God for that. That's, that's, that's pretty awesome, you guys. And also, today's a special birthday for... <clears throat> it's their 86th birthday. <laughs> and we thank you, Bill Wilson and Dr. Bob, for saving a Amen. wrench like me. And, uh, and that's it. So I just want to start the show off with just saying you know, thank you for being here tonight. I got two powerful stories for you all to tune into. And I'm going to start off with introducing my brother in Christ, Mark. Hi, my name is Mark. Hi, Mark. It's great to be here, and it's great to share experience, strength, and hope. And um, I thought you were going for us, no? Oh, no, you're the senior member. Sure? Oh, no, you guys pull straws. He's the senior member. I'm, I'm just um, deflecting, waiting for my heart to slow down a little bit. That's okay. All. So, do we want to stop and breathe? Breathe no. out. Well, we can do it. Exhale. You want to do that together? Whatever you need to. Okay, yes. everybody, yes. breathe in. Take a deep breath in. Deep breath out. So that's my solution today, <clears throat> is this breath. But I'll get to that. But first I want to just share a little bit about um, what happened to me. And what happened to me is I'm one of those people that if you put a chemical in this body, there's going to be a phenomenon of craving, and that craving's not ever going to be reached. A 1,000 is not enough. 2,000 is not enough. And I don't even have any say in the matter. So when I was a young kid, probably around the ten, age of like 9, 10, when I first tasted a little bit of Schlitz, um, and I think they still make Schlitz nowadays. I don't know if they do. They do. Oh. And some people think it's <laughs> terrible, but I fell in love what with it. What about Heffenreffer? Heffenreffer, oh yeah. The, um, we, well, I can't say that. I can't describe it that way. But <laughs> yeah, it's, it's still around. So um, I'm just going to go right into how quickly uh, addiction took off of me. By the time I was 13, I was buying fifths of Blue Label vodka. I already knew a difference in power and strength. And I was buying quantity. Um, 13 to, to 17, every drug that was on the street was very accessible. And I bought it, and I, and I sold it, and I did what I, whatever I had to do. Um, and it worked. It worked for a very long time. When I was around 16 and a half years old, it was like I was doing like these massive amounts and quantities of pills and, you know, cannabinol, PCP. Um, that was my drug of choice. Um, and that was known as like Crazy Eddie, Angel Dust, whatever. 
But that was my drug of choice and because it really worked. And if I could have stayed high on that for five years at a time, I would have. <laughs> but unfortunately, we, we come down in reality, yep. you know, and responsibilities and parents <clears throat> and whatever. The law enforcement, you know, you, you can't just keep running amok. And so I knew then that I was in big trouble because it wasn't working anymore. So <clears throat> the white powder came around and um, that brought me just uh, really just, you know, it was on full force. As far as where I was going to go in my addiction, it brought me to extreme depression and suicide. Mm. Thinking about, like, I don't want to be on this planet. And, and so and that's the best that that's ever going to get for me. That is where I begin. So I had a very powerful example um, of, of somebody that was trying to get sober in 12-step fellowships, which was my father, and uh, for 10 years. And people never said no. People, you know, for 10 years, he bounced in, in the halls. And um, they just said, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll pick it up tomorrow. We'll pick it up tomorrow. And... Um, the last, the last year, um, he did over 34 detoxes in a year, wow. which is astounding. Um, he was like family at Central Detox in Somerville, and I grew, that's where I grew up. I grew up in Somerville. And, um, so, but the grace of God, um, he accepted that, and he stayed sober for a day. And that grew, and then eventually he stayed sober for the rest of his life. So I had an example of what, what happens when people participate in these fellowships, and I was working with my father at this body shop. It was called All Right Auto. And so I actually got to see people while I was still drinking and drugging, getting better, hanging out at my father's body shop. And, um, and they were sick. They were rum sick. They were suicidal. They were the type of people that would cut their wrists in the middle of the night. And my father would go out at 2.30 in the morning. And, you know, so I saw all this and I saw these guys. So when I come into these halls, I knew there was hope. I didn't know what I was going to do. It was September 14th, 1984. Um, I dove in because I didn't know what else to do. Like I had already, I knew I wasn't, um, you know, the baseball career was over. I wasn't going to college. I wasn't going in the service. Because I was seeing all these people coming back, and, and I really didn't know what to do. So now I'm in this detox, and I got happy, smiley faces, and I'm looking down, and, and I'm feeling really comfortable about these happy, smiley faces, slippers <laughs> that I'm wearing. Yeah. And um, I didn't have a clue. I hadn't. I didn't have a clue. Um, and it was very, very difficult because I went back and started hanging out with all my old friends, and I very, very quickly realized that that was a very, very dangerous situation, hanging down in the projects and smelling this beautiful green mint leaves that was burning. And um, it was the drug of my choice, and I knew I couldn't be around that. I would physically start getting all, like, really upset. So I dove in these fellowships, and um, fortunately for myself, um, there were a group of people in the Malden, Charlestown, Everett, Somerville, Medford, Arlington, whatever, that general area, a lot of young people, and um, we really were a family of fellowship. And we hang, we used to hang down the old Revere Beach wall, and um, there were a lot of sober dancers back then. Five dollars, got your can of soda, a slice of pizza, and entry into a hall. 
You know, and the DJ did make some money, but you know what? He provided safe, safe atmosphere for all of these recovering addicts. And, and, you know, th that would probably start after meetings, like maybe like 9.30 and go to like sometimes 12.30, 1 o'clock in the morning. And then we would be hanging out down at the beaches. And it seemed like um, all we did was hang out, and, and it saved all of our lives. Mm. And I can see at least 20, 25 people out of that group that I am still in contact with that I know are doing well, married, children, all that, mm. houses. You know, so this stuff works, you know. It, 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 and, and doing the work works. And what I mean by doing the work is it's more than just abstinence from, okay, let me, I'm just going to back up one quick second. The most important <laughs> thing that I do is I stay clean for this day, for right now. Amen. I earn my sobriety today. I have, I'm in my 38th year of recovery. So I have 37 years. He got sober at two, folks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for the compliment. Yeah. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm taking that as a compliment. It Amen. was. <laughs> so I earn my sobriety today. Whatever I do, I have a recovery plan in process mm -hmm. when I wake up in the morning. I'm the type of person that wakes up excited and fear can run my life if I allow it to. And, and I'll get to that. I'll get to that and how I deal with that. Um, I was ten. I was two and a half years sober, and I was really, really angry and really, really thinking about driving my car into a bridge abutment sober. And then fast forward, I was 10 years sober, and life happens and, and things happen, right? And it's not necessary to get into the details, but I, once again, I'm there. And what I had was untreated alcoholism or drug addiction. And I know that today. I didn't know that then. I just knew I was really pissed. And I was still a victim, and I was still blaming my father and still blaming my mother. And, you know, God, God bless them both. They were saints, absolute saints, right? <laughs> just wonderful, uh, wonderful, awesome people, and still are. Um, but finally, I had to, the attraction that I came into the program presented itself again. And I seen members, uh, guys that were in my in my little world, and I seen how happy they were, and and, and I, I, I started asking questions like, "What are you guys doing?" And and they basically said, "We're, we're um, studying the instructions that are that's in our big book." Amen. And so mm -hmm. I started going to those meetings, and for the first time, I didn't dive into it. I probably close to a year. I went through a couple of cycles, and then I asked. I developed a relationship with God, or rekindled that relationship with God, and I asked him to put a sponsor in my life. And so I did what he said to do, and he told me that I, as long as I just simply did what the instructions said to do, and he would be a guide, that I would learn my own spiritual kit of tools. And so that's what's happened. And, and, and that's what I've utilized in my experience. Now, I have experience practicing quite a bit, and I have experiencing not practicing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the um, not practicing. So there's two ways. So physically, this allergy or this phenomenon is, is done. It's rectified. There's not an issue. And I, I don't mess around with anything that could possibly change that chemical, that, that whatever that is within myself, like NyQuil. I, won't, I don't use NyQuil. Yeah. I don't use any other chemicals that might help me um, like go to sleep, okay? Mm -hmm. I, that's a no-no for me. And I've learned other things that I can utilize that's going to help me as far as falling asleep, all with anxiety and stress and all of that. Um, 
so it just went blank, which has happened from time to time because I am over 50, and um, these hey. things do happen. So I, you know, like I have this new thing that I, I've been kind of dealing. Well, I, I don't know if I'm creating it, but it's called trust, row, and breathe. Okay. So the trust to me was the first three steps in our fellowship. It's like I can't, he can, and I'm gonna let him. Amen. And then, as far as the rowing goes. That's all the work, finding out what my, what my issues were. And basically, I was the issue. There was no one else. It wasn't the cops. It wasn't this. It wasn't that. It wasn't the girl. It wasn't that. It was me. I was restless, irritable, and discontent. That's the issue. And then there's other steps, and that's part of the rowing, accepting myself as a human being, and then trying to make restitution for some of this harm. that I. So I did that, right? And then the, the latter steps, 10, 11, and 12, the way I look at it is the breathing or the breath steps. That is where I can practice those principles in my life, in all of my affairs. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to run to, like, say, well, I can't really mention those programs. So <laughs> I, I, I basically just try to practice the best I can with, with the spiritual kit of tools that I have. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start talking about um, somebody that was sick and was ill and, and she had cancer. <laughs> you got this. So um, we started doing yoga, and I only went because she asked me to go. And by being willing, right? The key is the is is like some willingness. I got exposed to a whole other, a whole other world. And so after like three or four classes, I realized that initially my lower back pain, which I had my entire life, just disappeared. Just went away. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, some of the meditation and the prayer and the practices I was realizing is incorporated um, into these asanas, into breath, and all of these different things. And I started learning. And then I, I was like really got on fire, and I'm like, hmm, I'm gonna, I, I want more, and and so, and I learned more, and then that grew, and then I, I learned more about breathing and Kundalini, and all the different, there's so many different areas, and uh, our next speaker is gonna might mention one or two things in that because <laughs> she's phenomenal, but for me, it absolutely changed my life, changed my whole perspective. A few things happened very. In the, in the past seven years. One of them was I was in a skiing accident and I broke my back, four vertebrae in my back, and I broke my left femur, and I was on opiates. And I was deathly, deathly afraid. And I had a game plan and I managed that very well, involved my family and people in recovery. And um, it wasn't that long, within a couple of weeks, I was off of all of that pain medication and I did not want to feel one euf euphoric feeling from, mm. from morphine and perkadoodle-doos and, <laughs> you know, um, everything else. Um, and people will, my friends will tell me um, that, you know, occasionally I would be drooling just a little bit. Um, but um, I never got one, you're f never, I never got high. That was my biggest mm. fear Amen. of mm. I have to take this medication because mm. from my neck, basically down to my ankles, when the body starts, when the, body, when, the, when the physical body starts to feel this 
intense pain, the body reacts and tries to protect our vital organs. And because of that not being able to release, this intense pain happens and then this medication works and helps to relax. So that was my experience with that. But more importantly than that, because of being physically broken, I got into meditation in, in adeptness where it took away my anxiety, my fear, and um, I just ended up practicing a lot more yoga stuff and not being able to move my body. There was a time where I seriously thought I was going to have to get on medication because I didn't think it was fair at 32 years of sobriety that an elephant was stepping on my chest because I was being <laughs> crippled by fear. Mm. And when I got hurt, I started breathing. I could breathe, mm. and I could practice moving energy in my body, and I could practice Reiki, and I could do different things. That I, I, this, That's one of the tools in yoga and prayer and meditation, etc., but... And things started to shift and I started to get better. I also realized that some of the yoga and some of the ego that goes around with like teaching yoga, I really I was I really realized like probably teaching yoga classes and doing auditions with a back brace and a leg brace is probably I might want to put that on hold for a little while. But I thought it was okay to do that and um yeah, so um I'm going to wrap this up with, with a practice that I do in the morning, and this is just for, for anybody that, um, that possibly could use it. So I wake up in the morning, and I invite positive things into my, into my world, um, and I do that in various ways. There's different books that, that I utilize, you know, and, I, and it's, it's, it's just uh, some scripture, some, it, it could be some uh, some Buddhist practice things. It's basically I, I feel like there's a periphery of information that I can that I can reach. I practice with Danielle in the morning. Amen. 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 Hi, Danielle. <laughs> She's on. She's, She's listening. On. So. <laughs> And that's that's a wonderful thing to be able to do, right? Mm. And 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 that's usually twenty minutes. Then then there's this meditation that's anywhere from twelve to twenty-two minutes. And then there's this fit. So when those two, if those two don't work, the last one always works. <laughs> and this is just going through some sun salutations, which takes about twelve minutes, and I don't miss doing that because it alters my state. So that's what I. That's why I'm here to share that. Yes, there's there's twelve steps fellowships, but there's so so much more. Amen. And if we can incorporate some of this and and practice it and bring it into our life, and if we have, if we're broken, you don't have to be able to do all these poses. You can do these poses while you're sitting down. There's so much available to us, and you know the sky is it, it's it's endless, and the positive <laughs> side is endless. So, if you're an active addict or you're being influenced by that addict, or if you've lost somebody, these things that you, these modalities that are available to you and resources that are available to you and um, that can most definitely help. So I think that's about what I have to share. Thank you so much. That was amazing. And, and that's the whole thing. It's like getting sober is just the first part of it. It's a mind-body-spirit. <coughs> mind-body-spirit. So I love that you two are here 
to share like the experience of what breathing did for you the experience of in the morning getting emotional knowing that like you have a a system that you have going that works for you and it mm. awakens that light in you and that's how we go throughout this day so putting down the drink and the drug you guys is um just the beginning you know and <clears throat> i'm bummed that no one taught me yoga when i first got sober you know didn't even know about it i, I used to smoke like two and a half packs of cigarettes a day and drink a pot of coffee and that was my <laughs> day you know went to like nine meetings and just did what i had to do so so i, I appreciate you mark i appreciate you being here sharing all of that with us and uh my pleasure and, and and you're just a light and you're a huge asset to the recovery community you know so thank you for being here and now i get to introduce my sister in christ over here this beautiful lady who don't you feel calm and like we're just here having conversation but i am a little wanty i want your hat oh do you want it <laughs> for while you're talking <laughs> but your hair looks beautiful tonight we don't want to mess it you look great so this is my beautiful sister in Christ, Chris, and she'll be sharing her experience, strength, and hope, and how she has incorporated mind, body, and spirit to help those that are in recovery. Cool. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. Um, it's really an honor to be here. Thank you. And thank you for all you do for the recovery community. It is amazing. Talk about right livelihood. What a blessing. Amen. And thank you. Mr. Producer. Lou. We Lou, love Lou. Thank Lou. you. And I mean, this takes a lot of effort to put together something like this. So I'm really grateful to everyone here. And Mark, thank you. Um, thinking about your injury, I was remembering when your knee was, and, and look at you today. Happy, healthy, whole, and healed. My name is Chris and I am a woman on a long-term path of recovery and discovery. Um, and I say that because, um, you know, what gets me a seat at the table is abstinence, right? But that gets me a seat at the table. Recovery allows me to <laughs> fully participate in this amazing life and um, truly my life today. Integrity, freedom, and joy. Amen. That's it. And if anyone had said to me five years ago that I'd be sitting here talking to you about <laughs> freedom, integrity, or joy, no. Um, no. Um, my first addiction uh, was food. And <laughs> when I was about, I was about 20. And um, I learned that by not eating, I could get high, and I could control everything and be thin, right? Mm -hmm. So I sit here today, I'm 120 pounds, my normal weight is, you know, 117 to 122. I was 79 pounds. Wow. Um, and I thought I looked fabulous, <laughs> and um, I'm one of the lucky ones, right? I started eating again thought nothing else of it. Very quickly after the food came the cocaine, then came the shopping, the overspending, then came the addiction to people. And I tore through people's lives like a tornado and thought that was great. The great I am. Wow. I felt incredibly powerful, right? And then pretty late in life, uh, booze 
and the booze, thank you God, became my master. Because if that hadn't happened, hmm. I, I can only imagine, I mean, you know, like many people that we meet on this journey, I was suicidal, I had a full, fully fleshed out plan, so it was either going to be that, or, or I don't even know what else, right? Um, so, you know, um, I've been practicing, I'm a mindfulness practitioner, so I've been, I've been at this a long time, 25 years, and when the drink <laughs> suddenly took over, it was one of the blocks for me. I couldn't understand why this daily spiritual practice couldn't save me. Mm. I'm also, this is not a joke, although it is kind of a joke, I am also a genius according to uh, quantitative measurement. <laughs> I couldn't understand why this intellect <laughs> couldn't save me. Mm -hmm. Here I am. You know, 163 IQ, a daily practitioner, spiritual practitioner. And I, I find myself unable to stop drinking. I'm in my beautiful house with my beautiful life. And I'm alone at 7 a.m. with my bottle of Johnny Walker. And that's what happened. And so, yes, like many people, um, I found 12-step uh, uh, recovery fellowships. Um, didn't work for me. <laughs> Go to meetings, don't drink, and ask for help. <laughs> well, I couldn't not drink. I'd ask for help, like, oh, oh, look at you. You're well put together. Mm -hmm. I'll ask you for help because that's what I want to look like. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I needed. Mm -hmm. How could I ask for help? Um, go to meetings? Well, when I learned meetings, I used meetings like a verbal vomitorium, okay? <laughs> I just, if I spoke at all, it was spew. And um, <laughs> so recently, a friend of mine, um, Mike, shared this, and it sums up my life as well. My life could be summed up in two lines, right? Poor me and F you. And that's where I was. I thought that everything happened to me, right? This is where addiction took me. And I didn't know what I didn't know. I didn't know that all that whole life of whack-a-mole, you know, the food, the coke, the, the people, the shop, I didn't know that that was addiction. Um, and I'm really glad to know that today. Today, I can sit here and say to you, like the freedom in which I live today means that I am free from the obsession to use anything or anyone to feel better. Like I'm free from that obsession and it, it astonishes me every morning. So every morning I kind of wake up and go like, Oh my God, right? Um, so, so then um, I did find a 12-step process and I did the work, right? And that work connected the dots for me. And then I understood why this 25-year spiritual practice hadn't saved me because I was doing a spiritual practice with no spirit. <laughs> 
<laughs> Are you killing yourself? I mean, well, it cracks me up, right? And, 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 but the yeah. fact is, so so levity is a big part of my practice and and my, and the way that I teach, yeah. right? Lighthearted, because we don't know what we don't know. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I love what you how you described one through three, and then the middle action steps, the work, and the latter steps. Um, you know, those latter steps, 10, 11, and 12, for me, those are the transformation steps, Amen. the growth steps. Amen. Because that's what I'm able to do today. Like, I don't know what I don't know. I learned something new yesterday. I mean, like this mind-blowing. And I was available. Like, I'm available and present today. And I'm not shut down. So you mentioned the um, literature. So, so the big book, um, there's a line that I'll never forget the first time that I actually heard it. Our biggest block is contempt prior to investigation. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something. Amen. Here I am, spiritual practitioner, and I was filled with contempt prior to investigation. I thought I knew it all. <laughs> I had opinions about everything, yep. judgments about everything. And of course, this is the mind, right? We're he- the human mind is a judging machine. But I believed all that, and I thought it was truth. Um, so I was pretty shut down, even though I thought I was open. What the actual work uh, in the 12-step process showed to me, I had to write all of this stuff down and what that allowed me to do was to see how I had actually been living my life. And that was not how I thought I was. So my suffering, you know, that medicating was, was to try to bridge that chasm, that cognitive dissonance. I knew what was inside of me. We are light. We are love. Amen. We are. Right? But <laughs> when we're lying cheating, stealing, uh, there's a big gap there. And, and that created a lot of suffering for me. Um, so, so the 12-step work for me, you know, was the thing that connected the dots. And here we go into other practices. So I was really blessed. My first teacher um, was a Buddhist. She was also a personal trainer, a physical therapist, and a yoga teacher. Um, so for me, you know, yoga can be athletics, it can be gymnastics, but yoga is is not the poses. That's what we're doing. Yoga is how we're being, right? So for me, the you know, it was always groundedness in meditation followed by some physical stuff right some breathing but yoga is grounded in first of all moral restraints (laughs) we love that word restraint don't we (laughs) moral restraints ethical observances and then come the postures Uh, 12-step recovery why do we do this work we do do this work to live by spiritual principles right so step one okay we got to admit you know whatever we are and our lives are unmanageable we can say that blah 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 the point of doing all that 
is to live in honesty, right? So yoga as a technology for living has eight limbs, beginning with, you know, do no harm. So from the get-go, as a practicing addict, I was already not doing yoga because <laughs> I was harming myself mm -hmm. and everyone around me. And truthfulness, which is the second thing, truth and I had long been divorced, right? <laughs> I didn't know the difference between a truth and a lie. Yeah. Today, oh, and the other funny thing. So, so... You know, yoga in Western, you know, it's very commercial and, and it's all about consumption and how many warriors can we do and can I stand on my head and blah, blah, blah. And that's all fine because it's fun. I mean, it's really fun. And we do need to be in our bodies, right? We need to care for these bodies. But if we're not grounded intentionally in morality and ethics, well, you can go do all that other stuff at the gym, right? Um um, I lost my train of thought. I got I got on a little roll there. Um, <laughs> but but so putting it all together, having done the twelve step work, it dawned on me why you know this mind, body, spirit, and emotional practice wasn't didn't save me from alcoholic drinking. It was because, my dear friends, I conveniently eliminated the eighth limb which is connection with the divine, okay? We just left that out of the equation. And I can tell you that I've been to yoga studios all over the country, all over the world. And until recently uh, in the Kundalini practice, I never once in 25 years heard anyone say the word God. So, so we have made this amazing technology for living into yet another thing to consume and how do I look today so I had a teacher I had another I've had that's powerful well it's you the truth said. thank you it's the truth so every studio that I've owned has never had mirrors amen okay as the, Paul Grilly one of my first teachers he's one of the founders of yin yoga he said, aesthetics have nothing to do with this practice. So Yoga Journal is terrific. Mm -hmm. We love the pictures and the, it's mm -hmm. great. But that is not, that's yeah. not yoga, Amen. right? Yoga is an inside job. Mm -hmm. Now, why don't I pay $10 a month to, to, to walk on the treadmill in a gym? <laughs> A, I've spent 25 years trying to get off that treadmill. Not trying. I am off the treadmill. So I would not do that. Thank you. The reason I do what I do is because, yeah, pretty fit. I'm going to be 56. Amen. I'm pretty strong. I'm no longer 6% body fat, but I think I'm under 10. Pretty good, right? I am pretty strong and pretty fit. So, yes, make no mistake. We can be physically fit as well we're supposed to be. The divine does not want us to, to feel awful in our bodies, yeah. but that's, that's not all, right? And so this technology for living, coupled with 12-step recovery, coupled with mindfulness meditation, 
um, for me is just this unbreakable bond. And it's what allows me today to not play whack-a-mole, right? So I had a little meltdown one day in a, in a meeting. I was not, uh, I had not made much progress in this process yet. <laughs> so I was pretty angry, right? I was an angry girl, wow. Doing my best, I'd started, you know, studying with a, with a sponsor and not picking up, which at that point was, I mean, the obsession was there. And I fully expected to drink again. And everything else, thank you very much. Mm -hmm. I like it all, right? Never expected to be free, but I walk into this meeting at 7 a.m. and I go out to get coffee. And the counter is just filled, right? with cake and cookies and donuts and I flipped out. <laughs> I went, you know, why don't you just put out a bowl of cocaine for me too, okay? <laughs> I didn't arrive here to substitute with more garbage. I was so angry. But that, you know, we're, we, we crave and we want to substitute until we come to wholeness. What I know today, the only reason that I do what I do, like being here tonight, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm asked to be of service, if it's at all possible, I say yes. Amen. Because if someone like me can live in freedom, integrity, a woman of my word today, and true joy, I want everyone to have this. Amen. And that goes along with why I do what I do. I'm a teacher, right? I, I, and, and I take my, you know, I took vows to teach mindfulness. And I broke every one of them. First, do no harm. Well, I was doing harm all over the place. The fifth precept is refrain from intoxicants. See, I thought I was special. I thought there, that I could do this and compartmentalize everything. <laughs> so I had the great gift, um, you know, the pandemic was, was so difficult for so many people. Mm -hmm. For me, because of what I do every day, it was not terrible for me. Um, and in fact, it opened up whole new worlds to me and, and people all over the country and all over the world. And um, it also enabled me to take the time out of my schedule to retake my, my training and to retake my teaching vows, right? Um, <laughs> now, I do have to admit, I have broken that first vow because I still have a little insect problem. <laughs> An insect so, so I problem? have killed some bugs. I have killed some bugs. But in the grand scheme of things, right, this is not too bad. Um, <laughs> you are hysterical. <laughs> so, so um, you know, addiction, We've, I think everyone has said this, you know, affects mind, body, spirit, and emotions. And if we want to live a life of, of freedom and joy, we need to address all of that. We can't leave any of it out. And that may sound like a daunting task, but wow, what a gift to be able to 
fully participate in our lives today. Amen. Right? Life is not just happening. We are life. We are part of life. And, you know, some people, I work in a treatment center. I, I, I have that great gift to be able to share these gifts um, with people in treatment. And, you know, we have some little arguments sometimes. Um, I was going to ask you, what is it like? Because you're getting well, them right Well, it's really into interesting. Detox. So the detox people they are, they're more willing. Amen. The people on longer-term treatment are less willing. Okay. Which is fascinating. You think because the detox people are looking for a quick well, fix? Well, I, I, I think because they're so shattered that they're willing to try anything. Anything, okay. And then they get more settled in. And, of course, okay, in treatment centers, or at least some, yep. here's how the schedule goes. Yoga, which most people think of as, yeah. you know, the yeah. athletics, right? Yoga is put up against med time and, and nap time. So, unfortunately, <laughs> we're not quite ready yet. Yeah. So, we go get in the line for the meds and we go take a nap. Yeah. Instead of taking advantage of everything that's offered. But I've been there, so I get that, right? Yeah. Um, but anyway, so the argument, okay, it's not really an argument. I love discussion. Like, I love it. Like, I throw me your obstacles, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, I asked the question, do you want to survive addiction or do you want to thrive in recovery? Mm -hmm. And they go, some people go, well, well, if I just don't drink today, that's enough. And I say... That is, that's your ante up. That gets you a seat at the table. Now what do you really want? Amen. What is it? So, Mark, you talked about a morning practice. So I call my morning practice sadhana, S-A-D-H-A-N-A. Yep. And it literally translates to daily spiritual effort. So here's how it goes for me. I begin the day in prayer. Mm -hmm. I then set an intention. And often it's the same, like this morning, was stability and ease. And when we set an intention, we don't say, I wish I were stable and ease. No, we state it. Because it already is. It's already here. We are practicing to manifest what is within us. So today was stability and ease. Why? Because if I'm stable and living with ease pretty good chance that my world is gonna, Amen. you know, go smoothly and so I set the intention. That's intention practice, little gratitude work to gladden the heart. And then I chant. That's become part of my practice. Um, raising my frequency and um, breath work. Movement to whatever degree, often sometimes 21 minutes of sun salutations. Wow. But the movement piece is generally about, for me, 20 to 35 minutes. Um, then I do for my formal seated practice, which is 20 to 45 minutes, silent sitting. And then I do my daily writing. I get a look at what my day was the day before. Many people do this at night. I cannot because I get up really early. Um, what time do you get up? Like four, four-ish. Yeah. Okay. So I do my daily writing <laughs> and I look at, you know, gee, was I dishonest yesterday? Was I in fear yesterday? Do I owe anyone an apology? What could I have done better? You know, I, I look at these things so that I can see, and I have an accountability partner, right? Because 
I am not often the best judge, <laughs> right? Genius or not. Um, and then I have daily readings that I do. So, so that is my daily spiritual practice. Amen. Nothing is left out. Now, if I'm sick, I still do my practice. It might not be vigorous breath work. It might not be sun salutations. But make no mistake, I get in my body. I do every element of that practice. If I wake up and go, mm, I don't feel like it. Yeah, and <laughs> what I've discovered is that this practice, working with the spine, opening the heart, chanting, active meditation, seated formal, which I've been doing for a long time, changes our energy, right? So this is a substitution in a really great way. Amen. You know, addiction is getting that short-term relief with horrible long-term consequences. This mind, body, spirit practice, working with our emotions, instant relief, my friends, mm -hmm. and amazing long-term consequences, Amen. right? I was fortunate. I, you know, I came through my training in the traditional way. I worked with my first teacher one-on-one, -on -one, three times a week for seven years. I have always worked one-on-one -on -one with a teacher I still do that today. 12-step recovery. How does that work? One-on-one. -on -one. We are part of a lineage. We have apps. We have lots of support. But I strongly suggest to you that if you want to be well, you need to work with someone. Amen. In recovery, you need to work with someone. And if you want to learn, you know, we all have mindfulness within us. And we need training. Because... You sit down on your cushion and set that timer. And if you don't have any training, oh my gosh, please call <laughs> me and let me know how that goes. Um, I'm happy to, uh, you know, please reach out to me anytime. And, and even if you don't want to work with me, I've got lots of resources. But the training, we need the training. And it's, we can call it work. We can call it training. We call it practice. Every spiritual journey has two requirements. I think huh. there might be more. You can let me know. Renunciation and practice. Mm -hmm. We give up what is no longer skillful or beneficial, and we practice what is. Those two things are non-negotiable, right? Mm -hmm. And then you get to go, wow! <laughs> <laughs> so there's a little prayer I want to share with you. I learned this from one of my teachers, Tommy Rosen. So I finish my morning practice every day like this. God, universe, divine, whatever you choose to call it. Please continue to put me in the places you want me to be with the people you want me to be with doing whatever it is you want me to be doing. Thank you for the joys and for the challenges of my life. May I fully participate. May I be present and may I be of service always. Amen. Satnam. Namaste. Wow! <laughs> and every morning, my Amen. friends, if you listen outside my window, you will hear the big woo. <laughs> it's a victory. Any day we show up for ourselves and we're not face down in a pile of whatever or with a bottle in our mouth, it's a victory. And we need to own it. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We can all have this. Amen. It's possible for yes, us all. Yes, it is. Recovery does happen. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So do either one of you, I know you're doing yoga, is it on the beach yet? So I am on my physical location shut down with COVID. Yep. I am on Zoom. Yep. Um, every day I do see people one-on-one. -on -one. I'm offering in-person classes now so as well. So can you type in your and information the so that people have that? Sure. Let me get you over here. And then you, Mark, start typing in how people can get in touch with Just you. For your, This is it. You type in there. <clears throat> are you doing any teaching? I know you're um, so doing yoga PBD, with some recovery people. Yeah, the PBD YMCA on Friday night, 6 o'clock, uh, offers a free class. Yeah? Um, Is for that any, for those in recovery or just anyone? Um, it's for anybody in recovery or a family member. Okay. Uh, they can show up. They, the class is free. Yeah. And um, so that's a really good resource. Yeah. Um, I usually do the last Friday in the month. Um yeah. And Tara teaches most of those classes along with uh, Mary Ellen. Yeah. And so that's a great resource. Um, I've done recovery yoga um, and fundraisers um, at Repose and also at um, Center Yoga in Peabody as well. Yeah. Um, and, and that's gone well. For the past like two or three months, I, I really have taken a back seat and kind of just seeing what what's going to kind of open it up to see what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. So I'm not really sure what, that, what that's going to be, but it'll def most definitely uh, continue to practice and, and be influenced and, and to train, you know, and to mm -hmm. learn. There's so much, so much wealth out there, yeah. you know, and, and heavy hitters that, that we can learn from, you know, um, Richard Rohr and right. Emmett Fox, Thomas Merritt, yep. Miguel Ruiz, yep. and then there's obviously some heavy hitters in yoga. So Nikki Myers, yep. she, she's the founder of Y12SR, the Yoga of 12-Step Recovery. Um, I've trained with her. She is amazing. Rolf Gates um, has a bunch of books with daily meditations on yoga and recovery. He's a phenomenal vinyasa teacher. Um, Tommy Rosen has a an organiza organization called uh, Recovery 2.0, and he does all sorts of stuff. I learned sadhana from him, and it was uh, to him that I made my first 40-day commitment, which has mm -hmm. now been unbroken, Amen. unbroken, like 1,200 days consecutive or something like that. No, awesome. no break, no, That's every day. Awesome. So there's lots of people um, out there and lots of ways that we can practice. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I got to say that without a connection to a teacher, I don't think it's as powerful. Yeah. You know, we need to have that connection and also then, you know, go to classes and go yeah. to, go, go, you know, um, the, one, the lineage stuff is, is so, it just changes everything. Amen. You know, we're part of something. Yeah, yeah. and it's healing. I, it's, I was 30 years old and I was in an accident and I broke my back and... Um, they weren't sure if I was going to walk. They weren't sure mm -hmm. where we were going with it. And to this day, I know it was, um, I went into a lot of water therapy, which mm -hmm. was unbelievable. And then from there, I had a yoga instructor, mm -hmm. Kenny Toy, and, uh, and I'll be forever grateful because he pushed me and he didn't settle for anything less than you're walking and you're not even going to be, you What was his last name? Toy. And, uh, you're going to walk. Not only are you going to walk, mm -hmm. you're not going to have pain. Right. Right. You know, and right. uh, that was a huge part of my recovery from physical recovery from a, a bad accident that I was in. So, yeah. 
It works. Yeah. But uh, if there's anyone that's listening tonight that's new and like walking, trying to get sober, like what would you be your words of wisdom to anyone that's new, not in regards to the yoga piece, but in regards to how do you get sober? So the most important thing <coughs> is starting that first day, right? And if you have to handcuff yourself to a bedpost, as we've heard a hundred thousand times, yeah. if that's what you have to do, or if your ass falls off, you pick it up and you know you just continue, and you start with one day. And so people that have um, a lot more sobriety than I have, you know, 50, 60, 70 years, and um, the thing that we have in common with the individual with the one day of sob mm. sobriety is we all had to do that, yeah. and then and then that turns into two days, right? and no substitutes, right. right? It's like, I used to try to get high smoking four camels and three cups of coffee <laughs> for the first half hour of an A meeting, and I can guarantee you that all I did was get nauseous and sick. You know, so that, that desire, eventually, um, if you pick up some spiritual tools, if you, if you get a sponsor, it, I would suggest having somebody, as you say, having somebody to contact, and that person is going to call you maybe, you know, and then there's this back and forth. And don't, and I would suggest that this feeling of being a burden, you're helping that mm. other individual more than you'll ever will know. Mm -hmm. So when someone calls me and I'm willing and I answer the phone, it's a two-way street. And that's what the whole universal part, this mm. whole, we're all connected in this mm. world together. And like Chris mm. so wonderfully put, we're all love. We have mm. love in, and that's how it starts one day. Mm. And then how to get long-term sobriety is... You don't die. <laughs> you just keep coming, and you don't die. Amen. And, and the asking do, for help. Amen. The asking for help. Amen. We really need, yeah. Yeah. So, Chris, yeah. it's it's awesome when I, I listen to you, and, you know, I, do, I, I go through this little thing, and I always end up on my knees in this pose called child's pose. It's a, it's a restorative, favorite. restful pose, right? But I'm actually, if you stop and you look at it, I'm in prayer. I'm mm. on my hands and knees, and mm. that's when, so. Supplication. Like, why do I do this? Because it works. Yeah. And I go over one, two, and three, and I say my own little third-step yeah. prayer or right. my divineness prayer to, to the universe. Yeah. Child's so, pose is also called the pose of wisdom. Amen. No joke. Yeah. Children aren't uh, yet burdened with all the shoulds and try mm. and all this They're business. They're innocent. They know. Mm -hmm. And they're incredibly enrolling. Amen. They can shift the whole potty. <laughs> a little kid, two years old, can yes. shift the whole complete potty. Oh, and potty. I forgot. Oh, let's I forgot. She Baby brought her animal. animal. Her animal. So yes. my spirit animal. And I bring this to all my classes now. Because why? Folks, there is no try. There is do or don't do. Be clear about it. My suggestion is to do. Amen. <laughs> so this was an amazing Yoda. show tonight and I really appreciate the two of you being here um, with me mm. and uh, thank you for sharing your wisdom um, and a lot of comments going on that you guys can read later and people saying hi and <clears throat> just thank you. Thank mm. you for being of use of service, for being in my life and um, for being the lights. You know, we're coming out of the darkest time of coming out of a year of isolation and this disease is all about isolation and killing us you know and it, and it did it to many and, and you two remained in the light and i would be forever grateful for that and uh <clears throat> lou i just want to thank you for an amazing amazing year 
yeah. of always my being here, always, always <laughs> showing. Like, <clears throat> you even work the steps and you don't even know it. You show up when you tell us you're going to be here. <laughs> right. And, uh, and I couldn't do this without you. So thank you for, for being there. Um, always being here powerful. For me. Just another year of powerful shows. Yeah, yeah powerful shows. And mm-hmm. showing up and supporting MVP ASAP in the empty chair. Mm-hmm. And um, for all you folks out there, again, even though it's, we're going on summer hiatus, we will be here August 26th um, for an amazing show on body brokering. And I am always available. Jackie's available at the police department. Um, our number is 978-701-7709. And I believe she is 701-8195. Or just call dispatch and they'll put you in through us. You're not alone. You don't have to be alone. Um, we're here for you. And uh, Thank you all for tuning in tonight, and everyone, good night, and God bless until we see you again. Thank you so much. Thank you, Paul. Thank Thank you. you.